Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's episode is brought to you by my good friends at Booking Protect, the worldwide leader in refund protection. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect has you covered with the world's most comprehensive refund protection product. To find out how you and your organization can partner with Booking Protect to deliver a better buying experience to your customers, more peace of mind in their purchases, and how you and the organization can create a brand new stream of revenue for your for your business, visit www.bookingprotect.com. Once again, that's www.bookingprotect.com, the global leaders in refund protection. Now, I'm back from my trip to Intix, and hopefully I saw a lot of you because there was a lot of people who uh, were waving their podcast apps in front of me saying, I listen to your podcast and I dig it, which is awesome. Because um, if I've never shared with you before, um, you know, I started the podcast not knowing exactly what would happen. So the reception and the positive feedback is fantastic. Um, I had a few bookkeeping note and ideas I wanted to share with you before I got into the guest today, who is Jason Maglante from or Maglante, sorry, from the Canadian Football League. We have a great conversation. We talk about marketing. We talk about culture. We talk about building trust um, with people who um, might have every reason in the world to be apprehensive about what you're trying to do and the change you're trying to uh, create. We talk about the challenges in, of selling and marketing tickets in a gate-driven league. Um, we talk about how to create and share best practices across many, many, many markets, Um with the Canadian Football League, it's not a huge lead league, but the diversity of markets is great, and that presents some tremendous challenges uh, as far as passing along best practices. Uh, we talk about you know selling to fans the way they want to. We talk about the unique culture of the Canadian Football League. Uh, we talk about uh, the millennial fan experience and how the Canadian Football League has been very, very, very successful uh, in growing. Um, millennial fans and younger fans and keeping a vibrant and sustainable fan base uh we talk about we cover really a lot of stuff i mean i have like four pages of notes from our conversation uh jason is somebody that i have um known for several years since he was working on uh, with the on tennis in canada um and it's a really good conversation but before i get you to that i wanted to um share a few other ideas with you maybe get some feedback from you and um, get some suggestions about what to do going forward so the first thing is is over the next couple weeks after as i've returned from intix i learned a lot met some really great people some of the people are going to come on the podcast in the next uh couple weeks um, but I want to try to focus a little bit more on how-to stuff, which is what I found while I was at Intix was that there's some really great solutions, right? And there's people who, uh, on the primary and the content producer side, who want to um, create change. They want to do business better. Sometimes, though, the path to change is not clear. And so what I want to do over the next couple of weeks is I want to spend some time talking with people who can help us through the how-to part of this, help us understand, um, you know, how to create change in an organization, how to advocate for change, uh, what the process of changing your processes will look like, you know, what success would look like, what some of the milestones for success will be, um, a lot of stuff like that, especially uh, as it relates to sales and marketing and branding, which is stuff that I deal with all the time, strategy, obviously, um, and a lot of bottom of funnel things. So if you have ideas, questions, th concerns, things that you're struggling with and you want to learn more about, 
please send me an email. It's my name. It's Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Put whatever subject line you want to in there. You can say podcast. You can say uh, any kind of thing. Um, feel, feel free, right? Um, the second thing is, is I want you to know that I don't take your support of the podcast for granted. Uh, last month, we had um, just tremendous, this, which would be January of 2019, tremendous growth in the podcast. It means um, we had several thousand, uh, somewhere between close to 3,000 downloads, streams, and other forms, which is a, a crazy number for me to, to think about and believe. If you like the podcast, if you're new here, you're old here, you've been here the whole way through, I'd love it if you had a moment you could subscribe. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on many of the platform podcasts. And rate it. Uh, share it with some of your friends and your colleagues. You know, any little bit. Post about it on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever. You know, connect with me, whatever the thing is. This means so much to me. Uh, your support, the fact that you're listening and paying attention to this podcast is just unbelievable. And um, by subscribing and rating it allows other pe- and sharing it, it allows other people to discover it and make sure that we continue to do some really great stuff, deliver some really great content for you, and you get a lot of these new ideas. Uh, the final thing I want to bring up is I do a weekly newsletter. It's called The Business of Value, where I talk about all things about how to generate revenue. Um, sometimes it takes big picture stuff about organizations and market demands. Other times it's a little bit more personal. Um, it's probably the the most personal thing that I do. I write it um, most of the time specifically pointed at either uh, what would I want to say if I was sitting down and talking to uh, my friend Don, my, who is the guy who came up with the Revenue Architect uh, brand for me, or uh, my friend Simon, the CEO of Booking Protect. Um, you know, and so it's like really, really like the most personal and hopefully high impact thing I do most weeks. Um, and if you're interested in getting it, you can email me again, my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. And I'll happily put you on that list and just put newsletter in the subject line. Uh, finally, as we get ready to turn over the conversation to me and between me and Jason, I just want to take one more second to thank you for being here. Um, I learned a lot at Intix. I met a lot of you. Um, you know, it was like one of the coolest things to have people like wave the, fl- the podcast in front of me. Um, I learned a lot. If you didn't get a chance to, uh, to talk to me um, or you didn't, you know, you still have something to say, I'm easy to find. Always reach out and connect with me. I love to hear from you. I love to connect with you. And I love the fact that you spend so much time listening. So now that I have spent far too much time talking about myself and what I'm doing, I'll turn it over to me and my conversation with Jason McLante from the Canadian Football League on the Business of Fun podcast. I want to welcome Jason McGlante to the Business of Fun podcast. Jason, what's happening? Oh, all is good. All is good up uh, north of the border here. It's kind of chilly, as we are in the winter season, but uh, all is happy and all is good. If it makes you feel any better right now, as we're recording this thing, it is cold, and there is tons of snow on the ground in D.C. too. So, you know, um, don't feel alone in this battle against winter. Um, And there's a huge storm coming this way, I think, for this weekend too. So, 
Forget well, about I'll it. tell you, uh, I'll tell you, Dave. Well, first of all, I want to appreciate you having me on. The other part of it is I'm, uh, as part of my role, we got to visit our Canadian Football League teams. And I'm off to Winnipeg, Manitoba tomorrow to visit our Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the forecast temperature is minus 26 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but... I checked my closet today and I'm like, what? I don't even have anything that, what should I wear for minus 26 degrees Celsius weather? <laughs> yeah, but you're Canadian. Don't you have one of the, what do they call those, the Canadian goose jackets or whatever the things are the, um, that, that were, became hip and fashionable in the States where it's not nearly that cold? It's definitely fashionable, <laughs> and it's definitely one of those things. But I don't think any uh, clothing attire will help repel minus twenty six degrees. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't know what, what will. I mean, that's like that's the coldest I think I've ever heard <laughs> of somebody I know going to. That's great. Now, I'm gonna let me introduce people to you in case uh, they for don't sure. know who you are. Um, but you work for the Canadian Football League, and you are in charge of. Um, will you explain your role? I, don't let me do it. You talk. Yeah, absolutely. So I was brought in um, to the Canadian Football League. I've been here for close to a year now. And my role is part of the leading team services business uh, of, from the league office and developing ticketing strategies to help our teams win in the sales and ticketing front, uh, specifically ticketing club seats and suites and premium. So that's my role uh, right now. And, uh, where we, I'm actually joined to the hip with my data team. So I work with my data team, uh, who is uh, providing all the insights and data that I, I look at and, and create the best strategy I can for the specific markets we serve and the teams we serve to help them sell better. And what's interesting about your job is that you came into the league at a really pretty um, – a, a time when the league lacked a little bit of stability. There had been a lot of turnover in leadership, and it had created a sense of um, uncertainty in the league. I think it maybe if, is that would that be fair to say? Like people just were kind of like unsure what was going to happen. Is that a fair statement, or am I a little am I off course there? I don't think you're you're a little bit off course, Dave. Well, it's just, I would say there has been some leadership changes recently. I mean, our commissioner Randy Brosey has been here for just over a year as well. Uh, he's uh, very, very, very good for the job. I would say I think the board of governors have done a really good job of of um, hiring the right person to take the league further. Yeah. Um, I've entered a point where. Not necessarily turnover, but there was uh, there was different focuses for the Canadian Football League before I started. Um, a lot of the focus was on media rights and marketing uh, in support of corporate partnerships at a league level and helping the teams uh, drive revenues on those standpoints. And, of course, helping the health of the league and the brand of the league, not just in Canada, but a little bit south of the border. As we have uh, a lot, obviously, a lot of our player rosters is made up from players from the United States. But what I would say is that uh, they brought me in to look at ticketing sales. Now, we are a gate-driven league uh, as compared to other leagues who uh, rely on a lot of, or not rely, but do have revenue streams uh, that offset some of their operating costs in terms of media rights values as well as corporate partnership values. Uh, but from a league perspective, I mean, we, I would say that there was a, not a lack of focus, but there was a sidetrack focus for specifically ticket sales and what ticket sales um, 
strategies and best practices and sharing across team to team and across the league. So I think I came in here to add value to the league based on my expertise of how I've been working with ticket sales for the past 20 years based on my other uh, career um, career uh, positions. Yeah, and, and thank you for that because I, I was maybe, um, you know, I knew that the commissioner had changed and then there had that wasn't like, you know, that was creating a little bit of a um, – tension and you know so i was like i don't know if i want to call it unstable or uncertain but that you know it was really a change in focus and it became and it's really driven around obviously if you're a gate a gate driven league you need mm. to sell tickets right and that's yeah, a very absolutely. valuable thing um and i think one of the things that has been interesting to learn as you've gone through this because i think we've been kind of talking pretty regularly throughout the time you've been with the cfl is about the process of building a um, building trust with all the teams you're working with, right? Because anytime mm-hmm. any organization doesn't matter if it's sports or theater or uh, you know technology, any organization, uh, when there's change, there's a little bit of uncertainty because everybody is reluctant to change. I mean, it's just built into our uh, DNA, mm-hmm. our genetics, right? That's how we made it from cavemen to you know Homo sapiens is through evolution and being cautious about things. Um, you know, so and like one of the interesting things is your journey to build trust with the teams you work with and then help instill best practices that the teams can use to drive ticket sales in all the different markets. Because, you know, Toronto is one market and Manitoba is another market. Right. And then you have Vancouver and you have all these different markets where the best practices, some of them are going to get passed down uh, and work the same or relatively similarly in different markets where other ones are going to be completely like, well, this is what we do here, but your mileage may vary and it might not work as effectively there. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about this process? Absolutely. I mean, Dave, you make a a big point and let's rewind that a little bit. I think one of the things that uh, for my key learnings and building those relationships and trust with the teams is I think they were really forthcoming with the change of focus or really looking focus at ticket sales um, from years past at the league as I come into to play. So that's one of the processes, obviously, is establishing the trust. Um, sharing best practices across different markets. I mean, that would be – it's interesting enough that you bring that up because our, in Canada, we're very unique and we're very well positioned in, in, in that way. Is uh, What I mean by that is each market is uh, – we, you know, we talk about diversity in Canada, and, and each market is very diverse. They, 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 there's not a – one best practice that suits all markets. There's there's best practices that can be shared to uh, our like markets, which is pretty similar to all major leagues. But Canada is unique in a, in a way that, you know, I think the way our fans, our Canadian Football League fans are, um, and how they are set up and how they behave and how they consume uh, CFL football is pretty similar across the board, across online markets. So there is a way where best practices shared across teams do work, um, but it's my job to analyze those best practices using, you know, working closely with the data and working closely with their teams to see if it does fit in that specific market. And uh, like you said, some work, some don't. I think it comes down to the people that we, the people within those teams to help me understand and collaborate to understand their market in full. Um, and I think one of the things that we're learning and understanding is, uh, you know, our markets, our biggest markets, Toronto, Montreal, and BC, you know, they, they are um, 
I would say in a state where they, they do need a little bit more help from a league standpoint. But then we have other teams, like you said, in Winnipeg and Manitoba in, in Edmonton and in, in Saskatchewan actually is one of the most stable teams that we have, not just in, in, in professional sports in Canadian football league, but I think in North America. So there's, there's a lot of dynamics. There's a lot of personnel that, that from a league office and where I fit in is establishing their trust and understanding those markets to the point where the best practice being shared across the nine markets, it's my job to make sure uh, and understand and work collaboratively with each team to see if those work and if they don't work. Um, but it, it is a process, Dave. And it, it, I mean, with, with, in all sense of the word, uh, all nine teams want all nine teams to be healthy and we all want to drive ticket sales revenue. So, you know, in terms of trust and process, you know, we share as much as we can as often as we can. Well, let me ask you this because you know that was a really good, uh, great answer. Actually, um, you know that opens up a lot of doors to to explore. You know, the first thing is, is like you said, in all nine markets, there's some things that really just work very well across the markets, and then you know, like you said, also some things that are just have to be completely individualized. What are a couple of the things that you found that specifically work in all nine markets? Because maybe that'll be informative to people who are listening wherever they're listening to this. Well, one of the things that we've established um, uh, from a league perspective is, is you know, specific theme games that work um, in market. Uh, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, we've launched, you know, Thursday night football theme games and family day theme games. Uh, we've also play on, you know, each market in each city that we serve. It's very diverse. So we have a brand play, a brand push of diversity and strength is what we is one of our major, major, I say, it, I want to say slogan, but it's a major cultural language that we use at the Canadian Football League across all nine teams is with diversity of strength. And we, we, we don't, uh, we, we, pu- we push inclusion and we work with strategic partners across each market uh, that makes sense. Uh, one of them is You Can Play, which is a, which is a organization um, that helps with uh, LGBT communities across all nine markets. Uh, so these are the type of best practices that we look at that serve each market, and we've seen good success. Um, some markets, uh, we see more of a lift than others, but the message in terms of fandom to these theme games have become really positive and worked in all night markets. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you know, it's um, uh, – Number one, that they're consistent, right? But then number two, yeah. it's that they really set a positive message, right? And I, and I know like all, most sports try to push a positive message, especially when it comes to the themes like diversity and inclusion and things like this. But, um, you know, and I still think that it needs to be highlighted. And with, when it turns out well, it's very important. And I think it sets a great example. Um, you know, so that's that really, I mean, that's awesome to hear. The other thing that I found interesting from your previous answer was – the idea that the big biggest markets also seem to maybe need a little bit more help from the league office. Yep. And, For sure. and I have um, a hypothesis, but I'd be curious to hear, you know, what you found that has created that need. I think, you know, we can look at several variables, um, for this, I think part of it. Yes. I think we can point at the obvious, which is market competition. You know, in those three markets, we've had a lot of 
sports and entertainment properties enter uh, into the marketplace, which sucks up the entertainment dollar and, and obviously offering a lot of the market choice of where to spend their dollars. So that's probably one uh, that we would probably look at. And I think we need to do a better job as a league to, to enhance the experiences to stay competitive and be different and establish a different position within those major markets to the, our competitors. And that's what we're doing right now as a league. We, and that's where, again, I'll go to point that back to data is really understanding our fans and how do we amplify their experience in those three markets, Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver or the BC Lions. I think that's our first step. And that's what we're really, really focused on. So I'm intrigued, Dave, about your hypothesis. I'll, we'll start there, but I would like to hear what your what your thoughts are on that. Well, the first, I mean, obviously, you, you point out the obvious one was market market competition. That's going to be a a you know obviously in play because there's just more people, which is a, a challenge teams in the U.S. are dealing with a lot. The second thing that I would figure, as far as challenges in the bigger market is and it's a play on the more competition it's that because of more competition for the entertainment dollar a lot of times that you'll find that teams and organizations are pulled towards what everybody else is doing in their market not because it's effective but because it's what everybody else is doing and it, does that make sense because you know you see like somebody's marketing their product or service or their experience in a certain way so you you end up maybe falsely making the assumption that that must be the right way to do it. Um, especially if you haven't had the, maybe the data or taken a chance, a step back to look at it effectively to be like, well, does this really make sense? Um, you know, and I, and I see that in a lot of big cities where just because everybody else is doing it this way, then that must be the right way to do it. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense or if that's even played out in the data that you guys have uncovered. You know, David, it's a great discussion point. And, you know, when you see in these marketplaces, I, I will agree with you to disagree with you with that because it's, it is true. I think a lot of the, if you look at some of the marketing and some of what our teams are doing, it's pretty, I wouldn't say similar, but there's some nuances that the Canadian football, like at the, from a league office that we advise and try to work collaboratively with, with those teams to what, what sort of the message or what sort of the experiences we want to promote. And I think, um, I think what we're doing, what we're doing right now, what my role is, and going back to working with our internal teams and, and, and collaborating with those three big markets, is we are uncovering sort of what you're talking about. Is there are similarities to how the message is working out in terms of the entertainment factor that you go to a Canadian Football League, because compared to the other uh, sports and entertainment uh, events that, that consumers can pay their money towards. But I think we've done a very good job of not only uh, maintaining what the Canadian Football League stands for in terms of those three markets, but acquiring new fans. And I'll go back to theme games, and, and, and you know, I know a lot of other teams and leagues do that. But we've 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 created a fan experience where we've identified some of the fans that go to our games and just amplify in those markets. And then what I say is that a lot of people. What they when they look at the Canadian Football League, they think we were an old, we're the grandfather league. We're actually not. You know, based on the last couple of years of of fan research and, and ticket buyer research, we've actually uncovered that we're actually the a millennial fan experience. 
So we've already tapped into the younger demographic based on our fan experience studies, and they're coming to our games and enjoying our experiences versus the perception in the marketplace that we're the grandfather week. Uh, so I hope that answers your questions a little bit, Dave, but um, I think that's what we're focused on, and I think we've, we've drawn some really good success. Oh, yeah, no, that, and that's interesting that you are actually, you know, that there's a, a disconnect between what you are, mm-hmm. which is the millennial fan experience, right? You've been successful at tapping into that because I know that for most people that seems to be a, um, a question that's on their mind. And then, mm-hmm. But the perception is that you're a grandfather league. Yeah. How, no, I guess number one is like besides the experiences, you know, how have you – have you discovered why you've been successful besides the experiences um, as far as like the messaging you've given to people, to the millennials or the way you're, you know, you're selling tickets to them um, and encouraging them to attend. And how are you shifting the perception that, uh, you know, you are the grandfatherly when in reality the fan base is much younger than it would seem like, you know, just from perception. I think it comes uh, from the, you know, what we, you and I talked about this a little bit is I think with uh, working with our teams and collaborating with like who we need, we have, I truly believe we have the right people in place um, in delivering a message based if it's on the phone, uh, our ticket sales teams are, are, are clear about, you know, we provide that fan information to the ticket sales teams so they can go out there, deliver the right message and target the right audience. We've done a really good job as a league level to really look internally from each team to see if we have the right people in place and making sure we're delivering this, this consistent message across the board. I think that we, you and I talked about this in, 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 in a little bit is that, you know, that's where the ticket sales from my perspective, from my lens, um, is working and where the success is, is that we've established a, a, a consistent message across uh, what the Canadian Football League audience is and how the fan profile looks like based on our research. And we were able to deliver that message to the ticket sales team so they can disseminate to our fans and acquire and, and, and deliver that fan experience um, uh, and targeting the right people, uh, not necessarily the grandfather, but understanding that, you know, the way you talk, the way you speak, the way you interact with all the fans is that we are a young league. We are a, a, a vibrant entertainment experience. We're not the grandfather league that, that people perceive. Um, I mean, that's part of our fan segment, but it's not where the growth is coming from and where we're seeing the most success. Yeah, it's really interesting because it would seem that, it, you know, if you're young and diverse and, you know, you're checking a lot of these boxes – that also some of the other factors that, that are at play here would change as well, right? Like it would seem that the story would be told more readily that, hey, look, the Canadian Football League is doing this, this, and this because they're young, diverse crowd here. Um, you know, because I mean, usually that attracts a story, right? Like, you know, like the yeah. news wants to yeah. cover it, advertisers want to be a part of it, the whole thing. So sure. usually it seems like j- just that fact would drag every, like the attention and the perception along. So it's really uh, interesting that you're still having to work at changing the perception that it's a, a grandfather league. And I would add, though, that the one thing is, is it's not the, it's, it's really a great thing to be considered as young and hip because think about some of our most popular products that even like, you know, old timers like me use Macs and iPhones, but all the branding and the perception on, you know, for the most part over the last like decade or more has been young and hip. So you don't, you're not excluding, 
your you know your older different graphics you're probably even encouraging them because who doesn't want to feel hip and young for the most part uh, and i agree that's part of it too david you make a great point i mean you know we 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 do have those long standing fans and i think I, I should bring this to a point you know we are the Canadian Football League, and a lot of it, there's, there's a sense of patriotic, there's some patriotism to, to support our Canadian Football League teams in those big markets. You know, we just finished having our Grey Cup this past November, and I believe it's the only national championship for professional sports leagues where you have every team represented during our fan festival. And that is truly unique of what the Canadian Football League is about and how, where our success comes from. You know, you, you, we had Calgary, you know, versus Ottawa at a great cup this year. But every fan from every team was represented um, at the game. They're wearing their home jerseys. You had Montreal jerseys in the crowd. You had Winnipeg jerseys in the crowd. You had BC. Like, it is one of the most unique things that I've seen and what I've experienced, lucky enough, um, that's very different than any other sports property that I know of. That, and that's part of our success in, in some of the major markets is that it is a truly a Canadian, say, how do you define that? But it's a Canadian experience. And it, it is, it's unique to, to, to that. And that's another story that we push a lot. And then we've attracted a lot of the younger Canadians and first-generation Canadians being, in it, you know, with our diversity as well, that's really drawn people to, to games at the, in, in, in Canadian Football League experience. So that's another thing that I should have highlighted that is really, really predominant. With this. And we talk about stories, you know, if you come to, if you if you're a visitor at a Canadian in any of our Canadian markets, what they say is, you know, if you want to feel the Canadian in in culture in or in in the city that we serve, you have to go to the Canadian Football League because you'll see what Canada is about. Yeah, that's really interesting because I would not have known that uh, that there was such a such patriotism attached to going to the Canadian Football League games. Um, and I, I know it's like a, it's a hard thing to pinpoint, right? But what exactly do you think it is that drives that? Because, and I'll and I'll give you a little bit of a basis on this, so you can maybe you know, I was recently read uh, Soccernomics, which is the um, kind of like the Freakonomics for soccer, and it was talking about um, you know English football fans being um, are they lifers. Right. And the, the data came back and said that, no, they're like people move through, um, you know, life cycles as fans. And there, there's a core group who are going to be and in this term. It's like they were named named them after Nick Hormy, the writer who wrote Fever Pitch, called them Hornbees. And then that like throughout people's lives, you know, their affection and their attendance and their attention to a sport or a team will wax and wane. And then there's like a lot of fluidity between, you know, whether or not you're a fan of Tottenham like I am, or if you, you know, follow a different team, depending on how the team's doing, um, you know, and hearing that there's so, so much patriotism and so much um, connection to the Canadian football league and to the teams, you know, what do you, what have you, what do you hang the success of that on? Because, you know, that, that is something that I think people are, especially like all over the world are looking for is like to develop a, you know, sense of patriotism around their team. Right. And like a, a, a deep long-term connection, which, you know, was kind of how I grew up in sports. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things where, um, there, we're one of the longest, uh, longest, we're one of the oldest sports leagues in, in North America. You know, the, the great cup turned up is turning 107 years old. 
you know, and, and there's, you know, you talk about a grandfather league. Yes. But we've, what we've done is really well. It's just the base of each team has their own traditions and those traditions have been passed on uh, as not only just the team tradition, but a Canadian football league tradition uh, year after year after year. So now we've captured a lot of that tradition and quote unquote made it cool uh, based on, you know, what, how the sports entertainment world has changed as fast and rapidly as we've stayed steadfast in some of our traditions with the same thing as celebrating those traditions, but also reinventing ourselves to, uh, to attract the younger generation. So I think that those, that's really important of what we do. We, we've steadfast in a lot of the Canadian football league traditions and all the teams have consistently done that um, at the same time is, is reinventing ourselves year after year. Um, attracting the, to, to make sure those traditions are passed to younger generations, but also accommodating those younger generations with new experiences and new technology uh, and working collaboratively. So that is what's one, one of the things that I know that our teams do a really good job is, is that we don't steer away from Canadian football league traditions. And like I go back to the Grey Cup, like I, I can tell you, and you might jump on this um, as well, uh, based on your experiences on national championships, you have every team jersey present at our national championship. I don't think you can say that for any other league. No, I don't. I mean, to an extent, you probably get that at the Super Bowl, but that's because you know the Super Bowl, like much like the Great Cup, is a destination event. But yeah, mm-hmm. you don't you don't necessarily see it as as much. And what you did mention about the traditions, and even in the face of such rapid change and changing technology, changing consumer t- tastes, mm-hmm. um, you still manage to maintain those traditions, um, which I think is important because, I mean, you, you're no stranger to me. We've known each other. Um, mm-hmm. I talk about this all the time. But it's like the story, you know, the traditions are part of the storytelling of the team and the league, right? Yeah. And it becomes pretty easy in the face of rapid of change, right? Well, we're not going to call it rapid change because I think I think rapid change has always been the case, right? It's just it seems more fast now because we have more information at our fingertips. I agree. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people are going to laugh at us now. But how, how do you stand so strong in making sure those traditions remain in place? Um, because – a lot of organizations and a lot of teams and leagues and, and buildings and all over the world struggle with this. Uh, but yet you, I've always viewed it as an essential part of creating continuity and stability in your business. And you guys have been successful doing that. Well, I think you, 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 you nailed it right there, Davis, that you need to have continuity to tell a really captivating story, right? Like, one of those things where, you know, we talk to, I talk to teams consistently and they, they promote and they talk about, you know, what the fan experience is going to look like to, to a new fan or to, uh, to uh, their current fans and their long-standing fans. Um, what makes our, which makes our team successful for the most part is that we have a lot of uh, long-standing fans and become ambassadors. And I think, um, we, our teams have done a really good job of recognizing these ambassadors within the marketplace to really help promote the tradition and the stories of the team and the Canadian Football League to, to, to new Canadians or to, 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 their, to their extended families, to kids, or to other people in the marketplace. We have a lot of ambassadors because of the traditions that we hold true. And as you know, how, 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 how teams or, or leagues operate, 
you have to have a consistent message in the marketplace to be successful. Um, and, and if you start deviating or changing, um, but that's who you are. You have to stick to who you are to do what we talked about before. Going back to what you're saying is that people look at something and they, they, oh, that's, that, that's what they're doing. So we should be doing that as well. Um, but we, we pride ourselves to say, well, the Canadian football league is this story. You know, we're not going to deviate from that. We're going to tell the consistent story. And that's what makes us so successful is ma- making sure that our traditions are met and, and told. Uh, and we have done a really good job with, um, all our teams is uh, amplifying those traditions and amplifying the consistent message of what the Canadian football league is all about and, and not deviating too much. Um, but re- making sure that we are tweaking a few things to, to maintain our, to maintain. Well, obviously we have to maintain and excel in, in the business markets that we serve. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think one of the things that is, is really important here at the Canadian football league uh, with our teams is that we do have story traditions and those stories resonate uh, within the marketplace. Yeah, no, that, I think that's a great answer because number one, it highlights a couple things, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, which is that mm-hmm. traditional doesn't have to mean stuck in time. It doesn't have to mean yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, stayed, right? It doesn't have to mean it doesn't have to mean disconnected with the with the world that we live in now. It's just this is who we are. This is what we do, right? I always have said like some of the best brands in sports are, you know, they're still, you know, they they have tradition. They still but they still feel fresh, right? Like the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm-hmm. I think that they have a, a certain distinction in their brand, right? That's like stands mm-hmm. out, right? And, and it translates even to the way they play. And you see that because, you know, they don't churn through, you know, th- their staff is consistent. Their uh, coaching staff is consistent, right? Their ownership has been consistent. You know, there's a consistency there, um, you know, and I think that's really important, you know, and it doesn't mean that it's, you know, stuck in the mud, right? Uh, Alabama, mm-hmm. I went to Alabama. We were talking about this before we started podcasting, right? Yeah. Alabama is as traditional as it gets, yet it's very modern, right? In, yes. in the yep. same way, um, you know, everything still revolves around, you know, Alabama going west to win the Rose Bowl in the 20s um, when, you know, teams from the south weren't viewed as being very successful on through uh, Bear Bryant, you know, in the six, or the 70s and 80s on the Nick Saban. But, you know, it's the same but different, you know, and I think that's really important because I feel all too often teams and leagues are willing to throw their traditions away in the need to try to feel fresh. But the, the thing is, is but when you throw away these traditions, you are throwing away the essence of your brand that you've built decades and decades and decades building if you've been doing it well, right? It's like um, another example to me is like the Boston Red Sox, right? They were, they were like the Cubs, lovable losers. But both of these teams have won, yet they still maintain their brand integrity. And I, and I think it's important because you can still have tradition and still be fresh. And, and that's what it seems like you capture. And I agree with you because, you know, that's what makes us unique in the marketplace. You know, and we talked about how do we differentiate ourselves and how do we, how do we, you know, um, look for growth. But at the same time is that that's what makes us so unique. Um, and, and, you know, the three down football and, and the fan experiences and, and the traditions. And that's what makes us unique. And we can't deviate that from too much. We can tweak a few things and, and add to the brand and, and nuances. But, you know, in the end, like you said, it's like the consistency of what we represent needs to be amplified 
um, because their traditions are very important to the Canadian Football League, and that's what makes us unique. That's what draws people to to our games, and and and, and it's a more of a celebration of being Canadian. And I think you know when people talk about Canada, and and we just talked about this earlier about weather, and you know people talk about hockey in Canada, but at the same time, you know Canadian football and our the markets that we serve thrives because of those traditions and it does make us unique and it does make us special um and if, if we deviate from that too much then you know your you know your fans and your consumers can can see right through you that you're trying to change and you're not being true and being authentic and that's when you're going to lose your fans or not attract the fans if you're not being authentic and you're not sticking to your traditional brand and, and your messaging um, fans are too smart these days. You know, if you're not being authentic, they you're, they know right away that they're not going to support you. Yeah, and I, and I have no information, no data to back this up, but I'm going to make a, a guess here. And my guess is that at some point too, I'm sure there's been uh, market researcher, market research, or consultants or people. And I'm not disparaging consultants because you know I am one. Um, yeah, but, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but that have I been, am one too now. Yeah, know? I yeah. am one too in this world. Right, exactly. But have come in too and probably been like, going, well, if you did, the, you, you know, if you tweaked it this way or you made the game more American or something, you know. But no, you're exactly right. Stay true to who you are, right? Because there is mm-hmm. a rich history of Canadian football, right? There's yes. Lorne Moon, there's Doug Flutie, guys who are big names yeah. in America, right? There's all these really, really great things. It, it, you know, it is. It, it, you have to stand for something, you have to be unique. And even if, you know, no matter what it is to stand out in today's market, um, you know, but, but going back to what you talked about before, another thing that really, really struck me was the way you kept talking, going back to and referring to the term ambassadors within, mm-hmm. especially ambassadors within your markets. And it really it hit home with me because one of the things that I get accused of pretty regularly is focusing really, really a lot on customers, right? But, but that's because mm-hmm. I come from the school of thought that, like, if you don't have a customer, you don't have anything, right? I, that's true. That's so true. <laughs> I mean, God, God forbid. It's a crazy <laughs> philosophy, right? Um, yeah. and, and what it sounds like is that you've also done a really great job, though, of, <laughs> of taking it and making fan first meaningful, not just a slogan, yeah. but actually, like, hey, you are a part. This is a community, right? Like, the, you know, mm-hmm. in the States, sometimes we've, um, uh, you know, had owners go like, well, this is a community asset. And then they'll do, uh, let me move the team or something like this, um, you know, or so, something like this. But you, it seems, have captured the essence of being a community asset. And the community asset comes develops through your ambassadors and your traditions and, you know, all of the stories around the team. Uh, or maybe I'm crazy again. Which no, is, I listen. Usual. I, you you hit you know, one of the words that you just used right now is community. Like our our fans and our teams really are community centric, um, and we have ambassadors in every uh, from every team, and, and our players uh, do a really good job. And, and with with in collaboration with our teams and leagues, um, our players I think we're one of the most accessible type of league. Uh, in terms of player access uh, possible. Like, you can see our star quarterbacks, our, our star running backs, uh, they go to this, their, their kids go to the same school as, a, you know, your neighborhood kid. They shop at the same grocery store as, as, as you shop in, you run into them. And, and that's part of what the Canadian Football League is. It's, it's part of the unity and community. And, and those stories and those traditions or that type of fan access 
um, as part of our story, the Cane Football League, holds true for 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 when this league has been been playing. Like our star quarterback, you know, our star quarterbacks, you, know, you can see them at their local, you know, Tim Hortons. And they will talk to the fans. They can sit down and, and have conversations. You can't do that in any other league, I, for, for my understanding. And, and talk about community, you know, those are we have our high-end corporate ambassadors that sell the league, not sell the league for us, and tell the stories. And you have, you know, when you talk about Doug Flutie and Warren Noon, like those guys were readily accessible within the community, doing a lot of doing a lot of good work with some of our fans and developing the tradition of the Canadian Football League. And that is really, really the fabric of the Canadian Football League. It's just that the, we are a community unity league that uh, has a lot of ambassadors to share our stories. And that's that will never change. And that brings the fandom, and that's what makes us really, really unique in, in each of those big marketplaces. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and I can't stress it enough that, you know, in a world that has become more and more dominated by um, – digital connections, right? Yeah. And, yep. and digital transactions, everything digital, right? Like a digital first society in yep. a lot of ways yep. that the personal and the community aspect of a lot of this stuff has become more and more uh, important to people. And, you know, sports and live experiences. I know you, you, you've had a similar belief in like the power of the live experience to build the community yes. that I yep. do. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. it's just more and more important. And if it's a missed opportunity, if you aren't building a community around, you know, your building and your team and your events, because this mm-hmm. is what people, you know, again, if we're talking data, right, because data work cuts both ways. There's, there's great mm-hmm. aspects of it. There's not so great aspects of it. The data is clear. Mm-hmm. People are spending more, are investing more of their money and their time and their attention in experiences that bring them together because of how much technology is intruding in their lives in other ways. And if you that aren't taking yeah. advantage of that, then you are missing an opportunity. Absolutely. Now, my, uh, one of the things that I have been trying to coach my, my clients through and my partners through and everybody through this year is I want everybody to like focus on opportunities as opposed to like just tackling problems. And I, I'm this you're, you know, being only the second podcast I'm going to have done this year so far, I'm going to ask you this question. You know, what are like one or two opportunities that you hope to take advantage of um, and capture or work towards this year? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I try to stump think, you. That's I should have warned you. Yeah, you, yeah, you stumped <laughs> me there a little bit in terms of focusing on opportunities. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that's been been when you hit it on, you know, it's all about the live experiences. I think the opportunities that what I'm uh, what I'm covering here at, at the Canadian Football League. I mean, is is really really uh, the you know, I think is the is the first time or first time ticket buyer to our games. Now I think I'm going to get a little bit more granular and tactical here, but the, 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 I think it's been lost a little bit. A lot of our, our, our teams. And I think this goes across the board is that we put a lot of investment on, you know, rightfully so our, our, our corporate partners, our premium club members, our season ticket holders and, and some of the group buyers. But I think with technology now, uh, what we're able to do is really identify the casual fan, the first time visitor or the first time ticket purchaser. And that's where the growth for our league, where I find is where the opportunity lies. So what are we going to do about that? Well, 
we need to understand and work with our teams, first of all, to understand who they are and identifying the first and second time visitors to our venues or the first time and second time ticket purchasers. And the opportunities were how are we going to enhance their experiences to make sure that they become ambassadors. And because a first time visitor is not going to be your fan ambassador, they're there with a little bit more curiosity or they're there because they're celebrating a, an occasion or um, they, 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 they're looking for something to do and they were, they were drawn to the game, but how are our teams and how as a league, are we going to enhance those first time visitors experiences to become uh, long-term ambassadors? And I think that's where the opportunity lies for, for each of our teams and for the league in, in, in growth and in, in terms of revenue. Um, and I think people will understand a little bit more of the uh, net promoter score uh, studies and, 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 and in terms of getting technical and marketing technical. But we found that, you know, the, the net promoter scores for CFL fans go way up uh, if they attend three or more games. Uh, but the first and second time uh, visit to the games, our NPS scores are pretty flat or, or negative zero. So our opportunity really is to enhance those experiences for the first time and second time visitors to our games to a point where they become ambassadors of the future. And I think that's where our opportunity lies. I think a lot of teams and a lot of leagues uh, really don't allocate resources to this fan segment, uh, rightfully so, because they want to, you know, work on the 80-20 rule where they focus on the season ticket holders, premium corporate partners, but I think people are missing out on that casual fan. And I think they've been lost. They've been forgotten about. And I think the opportunity is where how to enhance those, those fan segment experiences. I hope that answers your question, Dave, but I think that's where the opportunity lies for us. No, that's a great answer. It's, um, it's something that I talk about too, because I think even if you're focusing on the big corporate partners or the season ticket holders, mm -hmm. um, all these areas, you also have to recognize that, there, like I think I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about the English football fans and yeah. the fact that there's, you know, people have a different life cycle for their fandom, yeah. right? And there's, a, mm -hmm. a, you're going to have a core group of people who are dedicated no matter what, right? Like, you know, for sure. I'm pretty certain that I'm going to be a lifelong Alabama fan that pays attention to Alabama football no matter what. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to guarantee that since it's been going on for. 30 years now. Um, I'm good. But if you're even within the corporate thing, right? Um, if you're only paying attention to those corporate clients and they're not benefiting from the, the value of the ticket, right? Which is like, yeah. because maybe not everybody that's going is a hardcore fan, then you're missing an opportunity and you're going to constantly have to need to nurture them. So it seems like to me that you have the thought process is to create a customer life cycle, one that, you know, builds over time. Like, so that even if it's a new, a first time corporate customer who's coming through on their company tickets, you know, it still doesn't mean that you should just neglect them. It means like, Hey, no, it's your first no, no, no. time. Let's make sure that like you, you get us here a second or third or fourth time, because we know that the value to you is going to increase and improve. And it's going to be extremely valuable to us because the more people who come the second, third, fourth time and enjoy the experience and continue to enjoy the experience who are become brand ambassadors for us, it's going to make the likelihood of us renewing, these more high value, high dollar uh, partnerships and ticket sales more likely. It's going to increase that because, um, you know, again, if we go back to my, the, the camp I fall into, which is like, if you don't have a customer, you don't have anything. The other part of that really goes hand in hand is like, it's always cheaper to keep a customer you have than this, go find a new one. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's the golden rule, right? And I think what I meant by this, I mean, there's other opportunities I want I can touch on, and we can. Talk oh no, I think this is a, I think this is but a I great think, one. I think you know because like the way you explained it, it talks about walking a customer, and it doesn't matter if they're a big one or a small one, having a path forward for them. You know, and because I, I think that's great. I think you have to teach people that like encourage them to be a part of your community that's what you're talking about which absolutely you're and backing it up with action that's all i mean i, and, I think it's great i don't think you have to explain anything it, to it, me it, it, <laughs> it's, it's funny we talk about this all the time around the, you know around the league office and with their teams it's like when you, if you look at you know a revenue tree for a team or for a league you know i talk about this and like with my uh tyler our chief revenue officer like the root of the revenue tree for a lot of these teams and leagues is ticket sales so if you're not feeding the root, um, and part of those roots are your casual ticket buyers and, and creating a, a, an enhanced fan journey experience, you know those roots will grow into the trees, into the, the branches, and that brings the value to corporate partnerships, media rights, and, and food and beverage. If revenues go up if you have more people in the building. But the root is really where you know we really need to focus our opportunities on, which are ticket sales and those customers that we talk about and enhancing those experiences, especially the first and second time visitors, because we got to get them through the fan journey into the chain and then build that revenue tree per se. And it starts there. And I think the business that we're in, like you talked about, we're looking at all the, the, the essence of technology and all the, the access and, 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 and all the things that you can do. But in the end, it's that customer personal experience that needs to be enhanced in order for them to get them through the, 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 to become a brand ambassador or what have you and build that revenue tree. And I think it's been lost a little bit and it's a best practice that I think we need to do that the KM football league, which I'm an advocate for to, to with our teams and we're working together to share those best practices. And, and I think you hit it on right there. It's that if you don't have a customer, you don't have anything. So you have to treat those first time customers as if they've been longtime customers and making sure they become your, your ambassadors for the future. Right. And I, and I think that if you spend enough time focusing on, you know, like you said, the revenue, calling it a revenue tree and talking about what are the roots here and it's like the customer, you're going to find that the opportunity to grow your revenue and to expand mm-hmm. the reach of your organization is going to grow. And I feel that, you know, and this is my opinion. Um, you know, sometimes the emphasis, especially in leagues that are more driven by media rights, is sometimes mm-hmm. they forget the ba- or miss the opportunities in basic blocking and tackling of ticket selling and creating fans and customers. Because yes. the, the yep. reason I, I totally agree with you. I yeah. totally agree. Because I mean, again, I, I don't want you to say anything that gets you into trouble. Because if people yell no, at me no, and at scream all. at me, it's fine. They yell and scream at me all I want. I don't care. But the thing is, is <laughs> <laughs> it goes with the job. Um, it's is that by focusing all of your attention on the media rights, the only reason that the media rights are so valuable is because you have such a dedicated group of customers of fans that are willing to watch and i think part of the challenge now that a lot of the, the leagues that are media driven are fi- are finding and struggling with is that because they don't have an attachment to a team or a, a, an organization or a city or a community their fandom is a little bit more fluid and maybe what there was happening and i don't have the data to back this up this is completely a hypothesis yeah. is that the challenge becomes they're accelerating that life cycle 
so that their churn of customers, either in a passive or, you know, somewhat paying attention or really paying attention or devoted becomes faster, more rapid and more violent. And it means that, again, go back to one of the first rules, which is like it's always cheaper to keep a customer you have than to create a new yep. one. You're I constantly agree. spending more money than you need to on trying to gain attention from people who are already stressed out, who are already overwhelmed by data and, and, and advertisements and just information coming at them all the time demanding their attention and who may in a lot of cases have already had an experience with you that was either middling or not great. And so then yes. your your first impression that you left isn't the most favorable one. Whereas like if, if you're thoughtful and you build it from the ground up, it creates yeah. a more stable fan environment, a more stable league, and it helps you grow revenue over the long term. But that's me. And, Dave, and that was as long that, a monologue is, as you're going to get out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That is, that is, you hit it on the nose. And, I mean, I'm speaking to, you know, from my lens. You know, I, I mean, if you talk to a lot of my colleagues in other departments, there are several opportunities we want to focus on. But through my lens, I think that's where we start. Um, and that's where we want to help uh, our teams uh, focus on a little bit and allocate some of their resources to. And I think overall, that will drive what we just talked about, you know, driving revenues um, for the long term. And I think that's just my lens. There's other... There, the CFL is working on many other opportunities. Uh, we, we talked about, you know, we call it the CFL 2.0 strategy. I think you saw it a little bit this weekend where we had a, a, a player combine and first draft in Mexico uh, with our strategic uh, partnership with the uh, La Liga Football Association in Mexico, the LFA. Uh, that's one opportunity that we're looking at in terms of international expansion. Um, so there's, there's, that opens up a whole new doors. You know, we're exploring other opportunities in the esports arena and, of course, gambling arena. Um, so there's other opportunities. But what at its core, through my lens, our opportunities is with our, our first-time and second-time visitors where we can start growing and enhance those experiences. So that's where I think a lot of because that's where I think a lot of the CFL is focusing on. Yeah. I mean, I think that you guys are, um, if you're focusing on doing the best, creating something that's valuable for your customers and creating an opportunity for your customers to feel part of a community, um, you, you, I mean, I, I don't want to say you can't do any wrong because, I mean, you still could, but I think you are traveling, <laughs> that, you're traveling down a, a really wise path because I, I think that if you're focused today on building communities and building connections, and creating something that is worthwhile for your customers, then you're putting yourself at a great advantage over a lot of other places. You know what? And I'll, I'll expand that point a little bit more, Dave. When you talk about connection, and we you touched on this before with digital connection, we want a personal community. Uh, and that's what we're striving for, is that we want to make sure that it's not just a connection to our fans or to our customers. It's a personal connection. It's a more intimate connection to the community, to the Canadian Football League. And that's something that we definitely will strive for. And that's where the opportunity lies. Well, I think that may be a good place to leave it because I don't think I can top personal community. Um, Jason, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on, on LinkedIn. You can find me on a, uh, on Twitter uh, at Team JMAX or on Facebook uh, with my full name, Jason McGlante. Um, 
my email is uh, jmaglante at cfl.ca. So feel free to connect with me. I love to talk about anything and everything, sports, sports business, even just, you know, shooting anything. And um, if you have advice on what to wear in minus, minus 26 degrees Celsius weather, I'd be more than happy to entertain <laughs> any advice. So uh, let's chat. And, and I hope to hear from any and any one of you. And, you know, I'm always in a position of learning. I always want to learn more and more. So, you know, if there's anything I said today, if there's anything more you want to add or, or critique or provide feedback, don't hesitate. I, I, I would really love to hear from, from your audience, Dave, and again, continue all the great work. And I sincerely appreciate the time of having me on your podcast. Oh, no, this is great. I think people are going to learn a lot from this. Thanks again for listening to my talk with Jason McGlante from the Canadian Football League. As always, I hope you are learning a lot from the business of fun. And if you want to find out more about what I'm up to, visit my website. It's www.davewakeman.com. You can find my blog, my calendar, my client list, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, I got some really great partnerships um, and new things that are coming out over the next couple weeks and months that, um, uh, that will make visiting my website much more valuable. If you like what I'm doing on the podcast, I would love it if you'd subscribe. As I told you at the beginning of the podcast, you can find me on iTunes. You can find us on uh, Stitcher. Uh, I think SoundCloud. I think we're pretty much on all the big podcast platforms now. So subscribe, and if you're so inclined, rate it. It helps people discover it. It helps people find out what we're doing, and it helps make sure that I can continue to deliver really great content for you and really great conversations like the one we just had with Jason. Um if you're really, really interested, I'd love it if you share it on the internet or pass it along to your colleagues and your friends. I mean, any way that you can support the podcast is I'm really grateful for. And finally, I want to thank my friends at Booking Protect who so graciously sponsor the podcast. Any listing, any sector, anywhere, Booking Protect is the global leader in refund protection. They offer the most comprehensive refund protection product of anywhere in the world. Their five-star Trustpilot rating is the highest in the industry, and the benefits of working with Book and Protect go far beyond just offering refund protection. It helps your customers have greater peace of mind in their purchases. It helps improve the buying journey. It helps give your customers the chance to customize their purchases. And for you and your organization, it is a new stream of revenue. So... Check out Booking Protect at www.bookingprotect.com. Talk to Simon, talk to Kat, talk to Kat, talk to any of the people there about how working with Booking Protect can provide you with another resource in your efforts to expand your ability to sell and market to your customers and to give them uh, more incentives to buy. Um, and until next time, thanks for listening again. I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.